one two one two and we are live this is beat people podcast 76 and uh this week we're gonna talk about the battle of the standalones that was catchy so i figured i'd throw it up there but really what this is about is this week they uh they being native instruments announced their um machine plus is that what they call it machine yeah, Machine Plus is a standalone machine. And so we're going to get into the discussion about how that compares to other standalone machines. If this is a paradigm switch getting into this whole standalone thing and how it's weird to say things like standalone, that's all there was. Anyway, let's get into it. Yo. Hey, what's up? Chilling, chilling. So, yo, we got... We got Travarsi in the place. So Travarsi, it's good to see you. Good to see you guys too. Yeah. How are you doing? You you bubbling on the interwebs. I love it. <laughs> you got a lot going on. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just pandemic, you know. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Kenneth Flux. Oh, high ears. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Up, I'm a. Uh... I'm over here moving my camera around and whatnot, changing settings like right as you start talking to me. So I'm like, wait, which way, which direction am I? <laughs> um, yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm nursing what I refer to as an old man hangover. Uh, an old man hangover. Is that just, it feels like a hangover, but you haven't been drinking? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I was drinking a tiny bit, but <laughs> I, was, I was just, I stayed up. I stayed up too late last night. And so like I'm, I'm wounded uh just from being up too late it's less about the alcohol more about just being awake for way too long there you go when i was young when i was young you could stay up for like four days straight and just be like yeah let's keep getting it and now i'm like (laughs) (laughs) i want to go to sleep you're like oh that's enough (laughs) i i have a um i have a guilty pleasure um and and, uh that is that i'll play on like Friday nights, I'll play Call of Duty with a buddy of mine, and we—he's on the West Coast and I'm on the East Coast. So usually I play until you're the like one three in the morning. Happy. Yeah, yeah, I'm the one who's getting the worst of it. Though, though he claims that he was up till three in the morning as well. But I mean, he can say any, that. anything he's saying is suspect at this moment because he looked totally fine. So, and I'm like, I'm broken. <laughs> No doubt. Well, yo, I'm I'm glad we got a chance to get together this week um, to talk about, I guess you said it best at one point, Ken, this is the worst kept secret <laughs> of the industry because I've seen people talking about uh, the machine standalone online for a couple of years now. And I, I never knew if it was just talk or if it was kind of like, you know, machine gang, Busting shots at NPC gang, <laughs> you know what I mean. You never can't tell. But what what's uh what do we have here? We have uh, I should bring it up on the screen. Uh, we have the machine plus, and it's supposed to be a standalone machine. And for those that might not know what that is, this is you know, machine has been uh, a controller for software, and now uh you know, much like the way the NPC or the force or you know, the X, the one, the live, live two, and all of those are, they can be controllers for the software, but it can be a machine of its own without being tethered to a computer. So I kind of dig the idea, but I wonder what people who've used the machine, because I'm not a machine user. Um, I bought one, but it was only to 
customize it for b-boy tech report <laughs> and so i'm curious to see what you guys think of this just the initial thought when when this was announced you muted trevarsi oh. oh okay well no I'm I'll, I'll let trevarsi go first because i've i've got deep oh, no. thoughts <laughs> <laughs> well, you got deep. You know, off the cuff for me uh, i've had an interesting journey with using the machine because when the first one came out i got it and i didn't really vibe with it and i mm. ended up i tried but it just didn't work for me and then when the mk you know fast forward when the mk3 came out um i was i'm all about it i have one i use it i've used it to perform and you know, I thought that in itself was the game changer for them when they stepped up between the two machine controllers. Mm -hmm. So now this is interesting because the more I move into, um, I play with a lot of hybrid setups and I, you know, use a lot of modular. And now I tend to not use my computer as much. Maybe I'll use iPad, things like that, or hardware, etc. Mm -hmm. But um it's interesting to me now because it's like, oh, now I can do these same things that I was doing with the machine. Only now I don't need to worry about setting up my laptop, mm -hmm. clocking it that way with through, you know, machines, the, you know, through the software or through Ableton. And that was always like something I had to worry about when I wanted to play with either with even just with the machine software with my, with my Eurorack stuff. So, I mean, I, I, I uh, pre-ordered it. I put my pre-order nice. in for it. Yep. Dope, dope. <clears throat> so that's the that's the interesting thing. I think there's mm -hmm. something that's kind of freeing about um, not being tethered to a laptop. And I have um, uh, we were having this discussion on Marco Polo, and someone said, "But it's really no different. It it's no different than what." you know, the controller is and, and this kind of thing, the MK3 and all that. I don't know the particulars that way, but when I look at it, just the idea that you don't have to be tethered to a machine, I think that's a huge thing. Cause I think uh, right now there's this whole push towards, but you know what, <clears throat> before I get into that, Ken, tell me what your, your initial kind of guttural reaction was to uh, the standalone machine here. I feel like I need to preface a couple of quick things it. so that people can understand my perspective. Um, so do I'm going to preface and do, show us your post face. Yeah, let me um, <laughs> let's let's take this back to to here. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I'll just I'll just show this for a second. Matter of fact, I'll I'll, I'll go. Uh, where is it at? This way. There we go. I'm gonna give a little history. Okay. So this is my first machine. All right. Um, and got this back in. I want to say like late 2009. Okay. Um, from there, uh, I complained incessantly. Uh, machine had all sorts of issues back in 1.0 days and 1.1 days. Um, it was, it was half baked to say the least, but it had a lot of potential. Uh, moving forward, I actually started working very closely with, um, native instruments. This is, you know, the, this is actually my third unit, um, because I had other prototypes of these and these guys 
finally this guy. Now this one I I had really pretty much nothing to do with with this unit. Um, but MK2, MK2, uh, the the micros, all that stuff. Um, I. I got to know the team rather well, like the actual design team, um, and development team. So like, I, I know them and I know the people behind that stuff and I know the changes that have happened, um, both internally and, uh, externally as far as this sort of thing. So I have a very tight relationship with machine. I was a very early adopter and I think we just lost Corey. And at the same time, I was, um, really just, uh, a huge fan of, of where it was it, where it was going. Um, now, Kapal saying, fix the stream, guys. This is annoying. You tell me how we can fix the stream. Come on. We don't, we don't handle what YouTube does uh, as far as, as that stuff. I mean, What's going anyway, on? they're saying that it's choppy, but, you know, at, at this point, I think, I think that's why Corey's trying to reboot, but it's streaming to, like, multiple platforms, so I don't, I don't know that that's going to change anything. Gotcha. Hopefully, hopefully it'll it'll just kind of snap to place, but it may, for all I know, it could have something to do with the fires in the area or whatever. So who knows? Um, but point being is, is as far as uh, these, um, you know, the development of machine over the long period of time, I have a lot of, um, I have a, just a lot of strong feelings about how. The product developed, what promises were there, which ones were kept, which ones weren't. Um, and the long-term user aspect of machine and the, for instance, the, the letters that were written to the community from Native Instruments. Um, and then they would kind of backtrack things and they would change roadmap. Like when it first started going on, they were they would put out roadmaps and that sort of thing as far as where the development was going on it, what you could expect in the future, that sort of thing. Later on, they would kind of backtrack on that stuff. And things changed around a lot. Then we saw a renaissance drop from Akai. So when the renaissance dropped from Akai, we, we got a lot of people saying, um, you know, oh, this is Akai following what Native Instruments is doing and, you know, that sort of thing. Then progress forward a little while, then you get the MPC-X. Well, when the MPC-X and Live dropped, my knee-jerk reaction to that was, like, wow. Like, they're they're wowing people. They're doing things that were yeah, that unexpected and that were a little bit over the top. So, like, you know, the massive touchscreen on there, 16 knobs with scribble strips, you know, for each knob, you know, all these extra buttons, like they really went over the top with it when they did that. And it was, it wasn't just the Renaissance, but standalone, it was going and going the extra mile. Mm. So when I saw, um, this, uh, this project and I haven't really, uh, like I said, like since, since MK3, like I haven't really involved myself with that team for a while, just for various reasons. Um, I was disappointed is is the knee-jerk reaction, like extremely disappointed um, because to me, when I look at it, uh, I see the bare minimum. I see uh, taking on the, on the what, plus? yes, I okay. see, I see it as, okay, this is what the MK3 is, which the MK3 is great. Don't get it twisted. I'm not saying that machine's bad on that, but what I am saying is that when they went, when Akai went from 
controller to standalone, they wowed us. They they smacked us over the head with like lots of you know interesting details, and they took chances. This feels extremely safe to me. Like this feels very restrained. Um, and when you go to a standalone thing, this is not like a standalone vintage MPC or a standalone like like the S2400 that I'm working on. This isn't like any of that stuff. These things do more than that, right? Like these things are basically a DAW in a box, really. Um, so with that comes certain challenges and certain aspects of things that you want to be able to um, to handle. The touchscreens on the NPCs are more than a gimmick. Like there is a lot to it. It allows you to have a keyboard to name your samples um, without having to plug anything in. Because, yeah, we could plug in a USB one or we could connect up a, a Bluetooth keyboard, whatever. But right. this keeps it all in one platform, right? It allows us to have a piano uh, that we can play right on there. You know, like there's there's a lot of functionality that's engaged with that. When the studio, uh, when the machine studio first, uh, really when I first got the prototype for it, I my knee-jerk reaction was a little bit of like, oh, really? Like I thought these were going to be touchscreens. This is back on the studio. You know, yeah. So the, the interesting thing you're saying though is, so I guess I could see that the the idea that they're playing it safe and they're not taking chances. But I wonder though. I, I'll tell you this. I feel like Akai had to take chances. They had to not just you know follow the status quo. They had to do leaps and bounds because we all know that when when Machine came out, they were behind. Yeah, for sure. Akai was so behind and because of machine specifically. I, I would agree. I would agree. But to that same the, point, they couldn't just step up to the line where machine was. They had to go way beyond that. And that's where the MPC live and the MPCX kind of landed them beyond the status quo to be kind of leaders of the pack. Um, and so you don't feel like Native Instruments is kind of in that same position now, just reversed? I do. Think I, do I definitely think So to me, like, they needed to like... they needed to smack you in the head with something. Now, right. the, the other thing I'll say is I love the form factor being as thin as it is and metal. And, you know, I love that aspect of it. But if you're going to make it that thin and, and that portable, it would have been great to throw the battery in there at that point. You know what I mean? Like, that, that would have been really cool. Um, that being said... Um, you know, I like I, I don't scream at it for not having the battery, but to me, it's like for the price point that it's at. To me, it feels like a flagship price point. Right. Word. And ninety nine is. That and I is? feel like it's it's hitting the MPC one territory. Right. So it's like if this was your entry, that's a little confusing to me. And and I I personally really love machines workflow like I really do. And I, you know, didn't want to go to the MPC for a while, the, the newer MPCs for a while, because I'm very, I use them and I'm very aware of that workflow. And it felt a little stiff to me um, where the, the machine workflow felt more fluid. There's deep underlying issues there, though, like that, that kept calling me to like, oh, well, you should probably be doing it over here. And that's why I eventually went to a live and then I went to a force. Um because the force is like this happy medium between machine, MPC, and Ableton. It's like this kind of weird amalgamation of, of the three of them. Um, so 
When yeah, when I saw this thing, man, like it just it screams to me is like this should be like a lower tier version of of a machine standalone, and they need to have a flagship. But if you're already pricing it thirteen ninety nine, that's it. Yes, that's what you. What's your flagship going to be? You know. Well, let's talk about the things that we think are missing. I mean, there's some people in the comments that are talking about it too. Like Justin Hughes, like, where's the CV? You know, like just that's on the force. Because that's kind of becoming a standard now on on in that sort of category of of boxes. Um, And and so yeah, they didn't put CV on there. I think sometimes I honestly think that's one of those chances that that Akai took that was kind of surprising. It changed things. It was like, what? They're putting CV on it. I mean, it's, it's crazy. It was crazy then, but now it's kind of becoming a little bit of a standard because they have it on so many of their machines right now. So the, right. the thing about that, though, <clears throat> I think it kind of becomes a question of what do you prefer, like as a as a user for individual preference? do Would you prefer more CV on the back of the box? Or do you just say, I don't know, I'll just treat my modular like a MIDI thing and I'll get a MIDI to CV converter. Can I cut you guys off? Yeah. Because like I, I and just so that the chat is very aware, we had a discussion like a few days ago about the fact that we were going to be doing this show, and I made it very clear to everybody. Oh, already that we already have these chats every day before we actually. <laughs> exactly, and, and I made sure to tell everybody I'm cutting everybody off today because I got so many thoughts on this damn thing. Um, the CV, surprisingly, um is a complete non-issue to me like to me it's it it's very little of an issue and i'll tell you why the main reason for me that this is actually really uh they did a just a few things really right and one of those things is that you can connect a usb audio interface to this thing to expand your io which means you can connect it to an expert sleepers right so if you can connect it to an es8 now you've got all your cv the the issue is is that the reactor stuff that it's doing like monarch and whatnot is just reactor player which means that you don't have complete full access to blocks in there right which is what i would really want like i'd want access to reactor as reactor then again you have to look at the form factor and you say well if it had a touchscreen, you could have done that but now that it doesn't that's not going to really work um you could have done some really, really groundbreaking cool stuff like that. Um, and they didn't do that. They they took a much more conservative approach. So it's like there, there's these, these bonuses of being able to expand your I.O. with a USB interface, which you can't do on the MPC range. Um, but you're also limited to what's there and how you can use it, you know? So I, I go back and forth on the CV thing is like, you can use MIDI to CV interfaces, and then if you really want CV, you would just throw your ES8 together with it. You know what I mean? Like, right. that's what I would do. Well, I think it just goes back to um, what you were saying earlier, which is, you know, coming in at the position that they're coming in at, we could make a list of all the things. We could okay. easily make a list of all the things that they didn't include that they should have being at the place at the status that they were already at is basically the bottom line, right? Like they should have had a touch screen. Mm-hmm. Like things are kind of standard, a touch screen, maybe CV, maybe not a battery. Some people are mentioning battery. Um, I personally, it, the battery is, is not an issue to me. 
um, like you were saying, CV's not an issue to you. Battery's not an issue to me because I use these things to play live and I would never rely on a battery. Oh, yeah, but you know what you would do? You would love it if a battery was there and your cable got jerked out. No, oh, yeah, no, yeah. It has a locking cable on it, but then, <laughs> but, but then, it's got, I got other problems going on. If cable gets... <laughs> hey, well, not really. I mean, I've I've been in plenty of shows where that's happened. Uh, I've seen I've seen it happen to Corey. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that's true. That was stupid. I hated that moment. <laughs> but again, but again, I'm not going to overly harp on that. Like to me, that's that's like a a specialized use case sort of thing. So like that doesn't completely offend me. It's yeah. just to me, like overall, I kept looking at it. Like I still don't want to go back to machine until I can see that those, all those awesome synths that they put in there. Yo, how about you give us aftertouch? I'm not even asking for polyphonic aftertouch. I'm asking well, for aftertouch. Like literally every other platform can do. Yeah. So, but I wonder about that though. I think for me, sometimes I don't know. After touch on a groove box, I'm, I I can't say that that's bad at all. Dude, it ho no, 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 no. Don't even go there. It hosts. It hosts uh, yeah. FM eight. You want to tell me that it's okay to have FM eight without after touch? No. If you try, if you try to go that route, I'm slapping somebody. It's happening. Right. And, I told, and I told, and I told, Marcia, I told you I wasn't going to be hitting people. I lied. I'm smacking everybody. <laughs> nah, what I'm telling you is. But wait, before you switch the subject, I got to ask about the interface before you breeze yeah. over that. Because there's somebody in the chat that's asking, that's saying something as well. But it says not, but only NI interfaces working. Is that can can you can you? Oh, I haven't that? heard that. I that read up on that it. wouldn't make any sense to me. Um, I I need to look into that because I think it's cla like any class compliant USB interface. Okay, because I I mean I haven't. Yeah, really it would be it would be actually, they'd have to go out of their way to make that. So right? yeah, that would be kind of odd. But yeah, and, and you know what? Even if that was the case, that'd still be better than nothing. But um, I mean. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I really wish that these boxes had ADAT and USB hosting ability. Like, those are the two things that I feel like these things really need. Because if you've got ADAT, like, you could just walk into a studio. Somebody's got an Apollo or whatever. You could just jack into that, and you're you're pretty much good to go. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to reroute anything in the studio. You're good to go. Uh, if you've got USB hosting like that, yeah, I can just you know, unplug somebody's interface from, you know, from the main computer, plug it into that. Good to go. I can sample from everything in the studio, you know, that kind of thing. To me, that's, that's really why I want to see that stuff more than anything else is that like, if I take it and I connect it to my setup right now, I can do that. Now I've, I've just went and spent like crazy money and, and set my studio up so that I can do that without having to do that sort of thing now. But if these companies just gave us proper audio interfacing like that then yeah and, and there's really no reason why they can't do it because says, i think the flagship will have everything but it'll be three thousand bucks and i think them joints gonna get dusty on the shelf if it ever gets to that point <laughs> i i don't disagree with them i i think that that's probably what's gonna end up happening is like if this sells and, the, and they they agree with the market for it um you're gonna see them do a, a studio plus and you know something to that effect or maybe even a a complete control keyboard plus you know something to that effect have a have a whole workstation like that um that would not surprise me in the least um just given what they're doing it's just that 
if you're going to do these price points and, you know, I want to be wowed. Like, if you're... Because these... It, it's not that you're not getting a lot for your value. It's That's not the problem here, right? Because you are getting a lot for your value. You know, you're getting drum synths. You're getting FM8. You're getting Monarch. You're getting, you know, so like you're getting a lot for your value. And I'm not saying that you aren't. I'm saying that given the landscape of what else is out there and, and how these things are used, mm-hmm. there are things that, you know, as consumers, we're, we're going to be wanting now, you know? Like that, like it or not, the MPCX raised the bar as far as UI for these things. It did. It absolutely did. Because that huge, beautiful screen, and it's responsive, and that's something that I think all of us were surprised at when we went to NAM that year, that the MPCX screen was so resp- responsive. And the CV on the back. And, and I mean, let's think about that. When it comes to CV, I think there's an opportunity for folks, whoever's making these boxes, and any at any rate to to uh, up the level on CV and and the things that they can do, you know what I mean? <clears throat> All that extra stuff that could be there that that's not really there yet. But I mean, obviously it's CV, and I think it was dope for uh, Akai to put CV on the back of the MPC one. And now and the thing is, when I think of MPC one, I I feel like the Machine Plus is more aligned with MPC one than. But I'm sure that's going to be their micro joint. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, it just feels, seems like it's more aligned with MPC One than an MPC X. So I'm interested to see because Machine always, Native Instruments always has their tiers of machines. So we'll see uh, what that comes out to be. Well, but, I had uh, I had a buddy of mine literally just come by to drop off a, a stand for me today, and he was like, "Well, what I've really," he's like, "I'm not buying it," and he's a machine user. Um, he's like, "I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm selling machine. I'm just gonna stick to Logic for now." And he's been using Logic with an iPad, and like, he's like, "I'm, I'm doing that because they're not fixing the underlying issues that they've promised for years, and those are the those are the issues." Now, there's there's a big software update coming as far as the arranger and whatnot. Um, so they're going to be having, you know, uh, you can move audio anywhere you want in the timeline and that sort of stuff. They have that whole clips thing that they're doing now. Um, but you know, until they address the other things in there, uh, that they've been promising for years, he's like, I'm out. The other thing that he was saying is that he wanted, he wants a, like you were saying, like something like a micro, but he wants something small, like almost SP 404 stuff you know, size, but with these sorts of, of features, you know, with it, with this sort of engine in it, he's looking for, you know, slap those circuit boards, which honestly, if you ever open up any of these things, the actual circuit board that runs these things, there's system on a system on a chip or, or system on a board, whatever it is. And they're, yeah. they're really small, you know, um, he wants something that he can literally throw into a bag. And let's be honest, you can't throw a, um, a live into a bag. It doesn't work like that. Um, it, they're, they're too bulky for like a normal size bag. Yo. So, um, a couple what up, accurate, ago, what up accurate a couple days ago, I was, uh, I, I noticed that accurate actually had machine plus and you posted about it. So I'm sure we could say that. Um, and so the, the I was like, hey, actually, we're doing a show this weekend. If you want to jump on, so he had some stuff. His plans got canceled, so I just threw him the link. So he's jumping in, and so Acker, it's good to have you on the show, man. We talked about having you on for a long time. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. I yeah. appreciate it. No doubt, no doubt. So tell us what your first thoughts are 
Um, and it doesn't have to conflict with any videos that you've done or plan on doing, but just some, you know, what, what your thoughts are, initial sort of thoughts are on the machine plus. Well, I've been like a part of the beta testing guys for this. So I've had some insight for a while. And yeah, my first impressions was that, I, I mean, I, I love it. I think it's really cool that they've finally decided to go standalone. To me, that's really, really awesome. It's, um, it's pretty much like working on the MK3 to a computer, but you don't need the computer. So uh, right now, I feel like there are a few things missing and a few things I would like to see as well. But, mm -hmm. you know, it's really cool to, to have it and, um, and that they're going this, this route. To me, that's just fantastic. Yeah, I think they're long overdue. Uh, and and I know, like Ken said earlier in the show, when he was uh, working pretty closely with them, I know that this is some stuff for the direction that, that a lot of people wanted them to go in anyway, especially when the X and the, you know, the live and all those things dropped. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. So I, I've always heard, though, and, and this is to, I mean, any of you guys, because as you know, I'm not a user, but I've always heard, though, that, that people typically get to a point with machine where you don't have to look at the computer screen anyway. And so a lot of cats yeah. have gotten to a point where they're on the interface and they can just move around quick anyway. So this is kind of the next step to that, that you know you don't have to be tethered to uh, the, the actual screen. Does it seem like it needs a battery? Does it seem like that's the next logical step for this? Because I'm hearing some people in the chat that are like, yo, it's a missed opportunity. I actually, I, I, I'm going to ask a more pointed question on it. I want to know uh, from accurate, like, because like I've been aware of this thing for a long time now, right? Um, long, long time, actually, like surprisingly long. Um, when I first heard about it, I had initial feelings about what I knew the design was going to be. I want to know what your initial feelings were about the design from day one. Like, you know, were there things that you uh, were more excited about than, than less excited about and vice versa? Uh, that's a good question, I guess. Uh, the first time I heard about this, um, my brain just started spinning and I was thinking like, what's the design going to be? What, what are they coming up with? What's going to happen? And when I figured out that it was kind of the same exact design as MK3, I, I thought like, yeah, that makes sense. I don't really need anything more than what I have in MK3 because I'm so used to working with the MK3. So to me, that's like second nature. So adding something more to it would be like, yeah, it could be hit, hit or miss, you know? Uh, in fact, I'm super happy that they haven't put a touchscreen in this one. To me, that's really, really cool. I do enjoy my NPCs and the force and the live and the one, sure. And the touchscreen is cool, but it's, you know, my, my workflow just, to me personally, I'm faster with machine because it's not touchscreens. I don't have to look at stuff and you know think about what I'm doing like that. Instead, it's all in the fingers and it's all in the muscle memory and I know this button goes here. So that's one of the design things I was super stoked about. It's not having a touchscreen. So uh, that, that's for one. Then I would love to see more like individual outputs, sure. And you mentioned CV and gate connections and stuff. I don't know if that's necessary. I kind of agree with you, Ken. Um, but yeah, I think they did the right thing by taking the same design from the MK3. To me, that's, yeah, I don't need anything more. One of the things that jumped out to me um, 
when when the rumblings of this stuff was kind of first going on to me was um they had done a controller a while back called the machine jam right and the machine jam kind of um it was a little bit of a sea change for a machine because before it was all about okay everything works from this controller right and then they brought out the jam there it is right mm. when i saw this uh when, when i had first heard about this and my initial reaction was um Again, getting back to like the wanting to be wowed, wanting to to when when you walk through the door, have people turn in heads, right? My thought was, okay, you did all this work to get machine jam working, right? Which was a significant development. Um, I felt like there was a lot left on the table, and then we see things like the force um, and the NPC range, and I'm like, okay, so clearly Akai has has some different mindsets going on where they're like testing waters, doing 64 pad layout and, you know, kind of maneuvering around in that in that world. I wanted to see native instruments kind of take a chance and do something unexpected, whether it be anything to do with extra pads, you know, for for 64 pad layout or any other layout um, that's. You know, that's different, whatever, because that changes form factor. But there's other things that you could be doing as well. And there's a lot of other technologies out there that haven't fully been capitalized on, um, like uh, XY sensor pads and that sort of thing um, that, that we've seen with like Cuneo and, and that sort of stuff. Um, I really I, – I personally just wanted to see them do something that was unexpected, you know, not the – you know – the things that I see that they did right is that they threw an extra two gigabytes of RAM in this thing, um, which is nice. Four gigs of RAM. And, and some people some people gripe about, oh, it's only four gigs. Well, you have to understand it's also an embedded system. You're not running, you know, all of Mac, you know, OS X on it. You're not running all of Windows of, on it. Right. Exactly. But people see that kind of stuff and I think they they don't realize that their uh concern is rooted in computer usage. And this is not a computer, although it's, you know, it's kind of based on that kind of computer system inside of it. But it's not the same kind of architecture and the same kind of flow as a computer would have. And so those 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 uh, specs mean different things in the context of a, a musical electronic electronic musical instrument. You know what I mean? Like, I think we were talking and, and Ken, you brought up a good point. Like, OK, it's four gigs. But do we know how it's allocated? We don't know how it's allocated. That part of the, the those extra couple gigs could be allocated towards OS or firmware or something, and or or is it more memory that's actually going to make the 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 plugins that they're allowing uh, to work better and more seamlessly? I mean, you got those questions like that, but you're not going to know it till you till more people get it in their hands and kind of see what's happening. Uh, but I think it's it's weird to assume. Oh. Four gigs, that's a, you know, it's better. <laughs> it's not necessarily so. It, it could be what was needed for that architecture, but not necessarily something that's blowing other things out of the water. And it could be yeah. better, but you don't know. I, I don't know if this is a good comparison, but on one hand, you have like, just say the cell phone, smartphone market. You have phones with like 12 gigs of RAM, mm -hmm. but you also have like the iPhone the latest cheapest one, what's that called? That's like three gigs of RAM, I think. Oh, and it's way snappier and way more responsive than some stuff that with 12 gigs of RAM. So it's not it's not that the number of RAM, the higher it goes, the better it is necessarily. Mm -hmm. Of course, there's some truth in that, but, but I'm saying 
it's also about what you're saying, how how it's allocated, how it how the device is working with the RAM and what it's doing. Yeah. Just the fact that you don't have an operating system like you do on your computer, of course, that frees up a lot of RAM. And mm-hmm. I, I can't really see the RAM being an issue in the Machine Plus. I just I just can't. There is That's one it. thing that I was hoping Question. for. Um, how what was your experience with using? I mean, when you're I know yours was a prototype, like you said in your video, but did you try? No, to I got my. I got the real one now, and oh, the okay. beta is yeah. Did you? I mean, have you run into any issues with you know slowing down if you start adding a lot of kits or? Have you- yeah, I'm I'm making a video uh, and I'm incorporating that part as a part of it. Um, I tried to. I didn't use any effects at all. I just um, I loaded up sixteen instances of massive and just played 16 different synths in Massive, plus a drum kit with like a drum group in Machine Head. So, uh, yeah, but then when I tried to record like an like a live loop into Machine from one of the synths, just straight in, mm-hmm. that's where it became kind of buggy. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that's going to be updated or not, but 16 instances of Massive, a drum group, and a loop track, that kind of reached the limit. Uh, at least for now, but I mean, 16 that's instances. That's a lot. That is a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is. Question in the chat, too. I don't want us to breeze over it. Yeah, um, yes. Go go for it. Go for it. Oh, no. Someone was asking about the synth parameters. Are you mm-hmm. able? I didn't see the previous. Let me scroll back. Well, it's the same as machine. I mean, you can you can scroll through synth synth parameters as it is on on machine. So like all all of these effects and and synths that are in there are already kind of pre mapped inside of machine, and you can just use the left and right buttons and scroll through the pages and get to all of that stuff right from those knobs. So that stuff is all, you know, interacting in the same way. That's completely right. That's the the thing that I I kind of was was hoping for that admittedly uh doesn't make complete sense but so there's 32 gigs flash memory in there it would have been so dope if like contact would work in that thing and it could stream direct from the disc off of that like that would have been so dope yeah yeah, (laughs) to have like full sample library compatibility like that would be crazy now you know or even streaming direct through um are those um usb ports they're 2.0 they're not 3.0 right not sure actually Okay. Yeah, because th- that would be crazy. Like, if you could have like a USB 3.0 port with like a SSD plugged into it, and you could run, you know, symphonic libraries like that, that would be nuts. But um, I'm not. I'm not saying that I'm expecting a standalone box to do that stuff. But again, this is these are right. the, those things that like would kick in a door, and, and you're just like, oh snap, it can do that. Like, you know, um, because like like I have the Iridium on the desk in front of me right now, and and one of the things about it that gets me excited is like, oh dude, I can do multi samples in this plus synthesis and layer them, you know that kind of stuff. Now, granted, you can do key, you can do your key group stuff in in machine as well. I keep having to like hold myself back from saying Machina. Like I go back and forth because whenever I would talk with the development teams, it would always be Machina, and then but it's yeah, it's in in America, it's always Machine. So. So let, let's talk about the software, because I think that's another big thing, right? Some some people that may have just heard about this and may not be super into, uh, you know, this space and music uh, may not really think about like, oh, well, there, there's software there. So I'm looking at the list. Here. It has FM8, Massive, Monarch, uh, Reactor, Prism, 
contact factory selection, retro machines, MK2. Uh, I mean, a lot of their heavy hitters or most popular softwares are available. And I think that would have been a huge miss if they were not available on the standalone. So that's a big thing. A couple years ago, uh, I wrote an article on B-Boy Tech Report comparing machine uh, to the MPC X. And one of the big points that I wanted to make in there is about the comparison of the software at the time uh, where native instruments is obviously a juggernaut in software. <laughs> you know what I mean? And But then that was also before machine, uh, I guess, acquired air or started in, uh, not machine, uh, Akai, I guess, acquired air and started including that stuff um, um, in you know, the MPC line. And so to me, that kind of raises their software <laughs> credibility quite a bit because those air plugins were all in Pro Tools. It was standards. Those are high quality things to have in a standalone. So yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah I kind of I kind of feel like I can't really say one is going to be better than the other unless you're like, yo, forget about what you're talking about. I am a reactor user. I am, uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah, yeah. that's going to change the game. <laughs> People I've always felt that Native Instruments has extremely high quality effects and synths. I like their stuff a lot, but the you can't really poo-poo one one development team against the next because they all do really fantastic stuff. So and and, it, and these days it's not like the 2000 XL days when the reverb sounded like trash and it was like that's all we had. It's oh, it, yeah, those, that reverb was absolutely horrible, horrible. I know and I love it because it's so bad. <laughs> But yeah, you have to put an arm and a leg to get that joint. <laughs> I just, I yeah. When when people start pitting those teams against each other, I'm like, yeah. But also keep in mind, a lot of these people have have been moving in and out of companies. Let's not forget the, you know, I don't remember if it was an announcement or what, but let's not forget what happened. What was it back in January or so when uh they basically canned a, a whole development squad. Um, over it and I, they laid them all off and, and that was, that was pretty brutal. And the thing about that was, is like, these were not guys who didn't have a lot of experience. Like these were like, like, like I say, like these guys are kind of like gold in the industry because they have experience and they got snapped up by other companies really fast too. Um, so, you know, the, the music tech world is kind of fluid in that way. So it's it's like pointing fingers and saying, oh, th these guys don't have the development ability. It's like, man, you don't know who's working there today. Yeah. And, and, and the other thing is, too, I think a lot of times people think that because these are top brands in this niche market, that they're huge companies. And they're not huge companies by numbers of employees type of things. I mean, this is often just a couple guys programming but they're like genius programmers <laughs> you know what i mean ni is pretty big now I, i'll say this when when machine when i first started working with them it was an extremely small team i'm talking qa was one or two guys and then and then a, a few of a few of us you know external guys helping with that and then i i want to say that the team was really like four people or something at that point um Oh. Then later on, if you remember when Core 2 got squashed, um, when they did away with Core 2, they folded that team into the machine team, and they basically doubled the size of the team. Um, and then it kind of kept building uh, from there. So, like, they – yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely, like, a small group that are, like, the main guys, but, like, the, mm -hmm. as far as that sort of product is concerned, like, Native Instruments has put considerable resources in, into machine. 
And what yeah. about this question here that, that they have here for MPCU? I'm sorry, uh, accurate. If you want to speak to that, that's fine. Then we can go to this question. No, no, that's not too important. No. Okay, <laughs> cool. So the, this question is for MPC users. Do you find machines sample manipulation limited? I can't imagine it is. I mean, well, you know, I like it personally. I like the way you edit and capture samples on machine more than I do on any other device, to be honest with you. Um, I find it the fastest to, I use it for sound design, which usually you would use like a lot of like bulk editing tools. Um, but I actually will manually hand edit a lot of my samples on machine because it's so fast to edit samples. It's so fast to truncate, fade the end, you know. It's so fast to just, you know, do all these processes by hand, uh, which usually if you do a bulk process on, like if you're doing sound design for sample packs and that sort of thing, you want to do a lot of bulk things. But then you still kind of have to go in and make sure everything is right. With machine, you kind of don't need to do it bulk so much because you could just fly so fast on it. Um, I find capturing and editing on machine just absurdly fast the only aspect about it that i wish was a lot quicker and more intuitive was how you can do you can go from when i when i produce on machine what i would always use is what's called sync sampling um that's like my favorite feature in there where you can basically sample directly to a like a four bar loop or a two bar loop right of your project and then you can drop that in where on something like the force what grab me over to the force is that I can do the same thing except I can like keep it moving and stay in my you know in my pad setup while I'm doing it and just keep going like that I find that just a little bit faster on the force but the editing is faster and more intuitive on machine yeah I can't um, yeah I can't disagree at all I think the the sample management and editing and stuff is I think machine has made that so much easier than ever on anything else before. Um, just the fact that you're zooming into your waveform to set your starting endpoints, you're zooming in and how much you're zoomed in is how sensitive the knobs will be. To me, that's just so much quicker than having the four knobs accessible with different types of sensitivity on the embassies. I've never, I've had the embassies for a good while now and I'm using them a lot, but that thing never becomes second nature to me. It's just more, it's so much easier for me to just zoom in and edit my points. It's mm. it's just so much, much quicker. So, I mean, to me, that's incredible. And the sampling and handling, I would say flat out is better on machine than on the NPCs. One small thing that machine does that is just like the shit and everybody else needs to like get on board with is the fact that, so you plug in a keyboard, whatever sample is on your pad is all automatically chromatically across the yeah, keys. That, that is that such is a huge, it's like, it sounds little, but it is massive. You know, well, it you is the biggest thing. That being a big thing shouldn't even be a big thing. But the problem is that with Akai, we're still, that's one of those things that we're still doing like we were doing 20 years ago. It's these legacy it, things that, a, that are hung over thing, in the yeah. MPC that slow it down. And that's yeah. why... I'm really optimistic about where the force goes in the future because it's the force. It's not an MPC. It It's not tied down by that baggage anymore. You know what I mean? So I'm like, I really hope you guys are looking at all the things that are done right in other platforms. Octatrack does some cool shit. Machine does some cool shit. You know what I mean? Like grab this stuff and 
like give us that, you know, like give us that. What in, in that than the force, the Franken machine, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like it, it, it is, but you know, it's it's mad fun. So it's, you know, without doubt, nice, nice. So I, I wonder, honestly, I think this is what it really comes down to. I think that we're witnessing a paradigm shift in in these groove boxes right now. You know, there was a there was a, a point where everything it's almost like standalone became a why what for who like i i literally remember the times that i was on mpc forums a lot and machine came out and there was you know different groups all over the place and you know um uh i think that was around the time you know you were still getting like an mpc 5000 mpc 5000 came around the time when machine was starting to skyrocket and it already had been skyrocketed but it was like oh like they put on a cape at that point. No, actually, I want to say that that I want to say that that like dropped around one point one or something. So like, machine still had a lot of issues at the point. Like it still, I don't think it could truncate at that point, um, which was crazy. Like, like when we first came in, dude, you could not edit the start and end point off of your sample. Like mm-hmm. you could set start and end points, but you could not truncate. Well, when the five, <laughs> so like it came, it's come a long way. Yes, yeah, certainly. When the 5000 came out, I remember that the machine was just at a point where you could start importing your NPC programs and stuff into it. And a lot of people's opinion changed at that point where they're like, yo, I could take my my NPC programs and use them on machine. And so why do we need standalone? Because I get all the power and all my plugins and all of my this, that and the other on my computer. That was the, the thought of the day. And so to see things switch to that space where it's all controllers to a computer and all this power, you the, the, the marketing of you only limited by the power of your machine, really, of your computer, really. Right. You know what I mean? And now to kind of see us go full circle and this term of Dallas and you know what I mean? That's. It's a real thing, but it's a weird thing to me because yeah, but right. Sorry, go for it. Go for it. You know what I think is kind of sad about that is that the whole DAW world and the whole world that machine used to be a part of being connected to the computer, people has now kind of started to expect that level of stuff. And now when when machine becomes standalone. You're not getting that amount of stuff. You're not getting everything that you have in your computer. People are still asking me days after the announcement, will it support third-party plugins? And to right. me, that's such a crazy question to even to even <laughs> like demand that. Because well, the the, the real thing right. with that. Well, right. hold on, hold on. The real thing about third-party plugins is what it what the question shouldn't be is will it run third-party plugins? The question is is will native instruments allow other people to develop plugins for their platform? That's, that's the a question, question. Yeah. and that's that's also the question to Akai. Like, but all anybody who's using these, you know, system on board uh, type type designs like that, that's I think the user base. We all want to see that kind of stuff. We want to see that sure. ability. Now, the problem with that is, of course, that you're dealing with a niche user base, right? You're, like, you're dealing with a smaller a smaller segment of a smaller segment, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, we. I don't know if that thing's running Linux or or if it's you know a Windows embedded or what. But the question is is like okay, so let's say let's just say, and I'm completely speculating here. I'm not um, getting any. I'm not going off of any like inside information on this. Let's say um, if you have Akai running a Linux based software, right, and you have Native Instruments running a Linux based software. 
how difficult would it be to port from one one you know this Linux platform to this Linux platform to have them working on both? So essentially, you're doubling your user base for the people who are developing these third-party plugins. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, if Audio Damage wants to come in and say, "Hey, we're gonna let uh, one of our effects or synths run on this on Akai, right? How hard is it gonna be for them to also develop it for?" machine and then we start seeing you know that stuff would populate a whole lot faster if that's sure that would be crazy but i mean native instruments has kind of started doing that a little bit by allowing companies to do these nks functionality things so mm -hmm. i don't know but i mean take for instance a company that are already doing nks compatible stuff mm -hmm. who says that that won't be able to run inside a machine at some point who says and, that? And all that would do is sell their product more. If Arturius puts like V collection on Machine Plus, and then you've got you've got That's like crazy. a bunch of native instrument stuff, bunch of Arturius stuff, a bunch of whatever, you know, it's like then it gets real hard to deny it. As long as they give it aftertouch. I'm not playing my Yo, damn synths without aftertouch. <laughs> Yo, uh hold on before we go. I got to speak on the aftertouch. I think Ken, we're a, a lot of us are synth enthusiasts on this podcast, right? So aftertouch would be something that we would want, but I don't think the average producer even Yeah, you're wrong. You're wrong. And I'm not I'm not even gonna let you go there, dude. No. It is not it is not a fringe. It's not a fringe use case. It's not something that people aren't used to. This is something that is in every single that's not cool. I don't like it. Every single doll, every single doll. You don't tell me that you've got an FM synth that can't do aftertouch. Like, walk away. No, I don't want to hear it. Uh-uh, not I'm not having it. And the average no. beat maker that's sampling don't even know what you're talking about. So anyway. Man, you know what? I disagree. I disagree. <laughs> I, you you can't know. really disagree with that. No, I disagree. But here's the, the question up on the screen, Open Lab, well, it's not a question, it's a statement. Open Labs did that years ago, speaking of, being able to take a groove box or a synth and run uh, all different brands of, of plugins and VSTs on it. But I think what you got to remember with that, for people that don't remember Open Labs, I uh, wish I had a picture so I could throw it up on it. But the thing you got to remember with that, that was a PC with, yeah, you know, drum pads and keys strapped to it in a nice purpose-made box. That was literally a Windows machine in there. That's very different than an embedded system they, they had like a custom os but it was it was like windows embedded or windows millennium or something like that right. that was like it, running it was behind it a yeah. pc computer sort of thing than what these things are so I, I won't say that they don't have the ability but i also think you know initially there's probably quite a bit of consideration given to like yo we got to make sure that the foundation of our joint is running with our own stuff before we think about opening it up to third parties and others uh to do that and I'd also say that being Native Instruments in that case would be kind of taking a big risk to let anyone just develop stuff for it because now Massive is kind of not too CPU hungry, but if you do something different, if you have something like uh, Analog Lab and that's super, super, you know, heavy on the CPU, that makes Native Instruments product looks worse than it is because it's not optimized. So okay. I think if we're ever going to see that stuff, that's going to be kind of a slow progress up until that point. Yeah. Right. All right. I just posed a, a question in the chat. Okay. So we're, we're going to see what the chat says. All right. Press one. If you use after touch, press zero. If you don't. Okay. Come at me, bro. 
yo, straight up, you're you're trying to use the same kind of logic that that I hear from like guitar pedal companies where they're like, guitar players, you're too stupid to have more than three knobs. No, dude. I'm not like, telling no, anybody is- <laughs> stupid. I just think that the reason like, something like that. Yo, everybody, B Boy Tech <laughs> Report called you stupid. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is what I'm saying. Let's be real, man. I know some super talented beat makers that only sample, and they've come to me directly to say, like, yo, I don't even think about synths. Like, what you be doing is dope, but I never even think about synths. But it's not just a synth dedicated thing either. I mean, it's if not. you're playing, if you're playing symphonic libraries and you want to press down the key to open up, you know, open up your violins a bit, you know, that sort of sure, thing. If you want to add vibrato, right. like these, this sure, is not. Yeah. It's, it's not. I'm not. This. I'm not besmirching aftertouch. I'm just saying that it's not something that many people think about. You know what I mean? And you even started this whole point with FM8. <laughs> so don't go talking down. Well, no, I'm, I'm just saying, like, like <laughs> an FM synth especially, like, because F, the way FM works, like, aftertouch is, like, directly related to, to how you can be expressive with, with FM. So for you to include FM8, it's like, oh, come on, you're going to put... <laughs> <laughs> Jackass. <laughs> okay, I'm just uh, like to me that's like an extreme point though. It's like that that synth right there, it's like almost like a requirement. Like if you if you put out an FM synth that doesn't have aftertouch, um who was it? Mode DX. <clears throat> uh that, that's that's absurd, you know? It, it's just absurd to me. So I, I hate that you giving me work to do, Ken. Now I gotta I gotta know. I gotta count these. Talk amongst yourselves. I'm gonna count these things. Yeah, you go do that. You know what? And it, and if it comes out wrong for me, I'm still slapping you. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a I'm tossing, I'm tossing Rona right through the net. <laughs> <laughs> so what is I mean, it? Honestly, <laughs> yeah, go for it. I use a lot of sense as well for stuff. But like, sure, in the FM world, I can see what you're coming from. But I'm totally with Corey here. I mean. Come on, who needs aftertouch really? I, th- I think it's um, no. I'm definitely a zero in this conversation. Yeah, yeah. I, well, you're wrong, so that's okay. Sure, you, you can stay be. wrong. Yeah, but you're wrong about everything that's green. So come on. There's <laughs> that. Hurtful. I'm a that's real I'm boy. I have feelings. Oh, All right. Sure. <laughs> Traversy, where do you stand on it? I'm gonna probably say zero, but oh, you're <laughs> disgusting. That's only because that's only because you're used to touch plates and weird weirdo bookless synthesizers and crap. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I see your point, and I guess maybe that goes back to the whole like, did they add CV? I mean, they didn't even add aftertouch, so why would yeah. they add CV? <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Right? Like, well, and, and the other side of that is just that this is one of those things that, like, the whole reason uh, Machine 2.0 was rewritten, like, and 2.0 became 2.0, that was, like, one of the main reasons they were supposed to be rewriting that engine when it went from 1.82 to 2.0. It was so that they would have the ability to do it. There, just a little bit of inside information on that, like, I don't know if it's still because of this, but at the time, the reason why it didn't have the ability to do proper aftertouch inside of machine for all these things is because the pads are using it, right? So they 
the pads we're using aftertouch for the sensitivity and everything. So, um, which by the way, machine has the best pads for finger drumming period. Um, I don't care about any other pads out there. Like the machine pads to me are hands down. And matter of fact, I would even go to say the MK two pads are the best ones. Um, in my mm -hmm. personal opinion, um, super sensitive, super dynamic and just excellent. So they did do that. Right. But yeah, it's, it comes That's with those issues. Saying that, you know, even though she likes the MPC, the pads are too hard for for her fingers, which I kind of, that's the first time I've heard that. But then I've also messed with some some machines out there, like the, the Rhythm MK1 was the absolute worst thing ever on her fingers. But yeah, really like yeah I mean, they shouldn't even have had, they could have been hard. I'm not going to discuss those button. pads. Uh, yeah, so. Don't go <clears throat> At any rate, let's see where we are. So I think what it comes down to is really, this is good. I keep going back to the paradigm shift because I just think this changes things. It's no longer that, you know, there's this sort of hybrid standalone NPC and they kind of have the the market share. Because I kind of feel like this is just going to be all machines that want to compete are going to go in that direction. Um, and then who knows, another 10 years, we might see a flip all the way around. Now Tethered hybrid with no wires and <laughs> all kinds of stuff, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I just think that I I really like that they are going this this route a lot. I mean, competition in this kind of realm is really good, I think, in this case. Oh, I agree. Mm -hmm. Say whatever you want about the NPCs and stuff. Just that machine is now a competitor to those devices will just yep. bring up the quantity of everything. That's what yeah. I think. For the, the other thing that's really cool is just the fact that, like, if you like, even if you compartmentalize the whole thing, right? Like, mm -hmm. if we just say it's just a drum machine, right? And then you take just the drum synths and have that in a box, like that's dope. You know what I mean? Like, there, yeah. there's a lot about this. Like, so like I can be negative about a lot of aspects about it, but I can also say. It's still dope. Like the just the fact that it exists is dope. Like you know, yeah. like those drum synths. I mean, what wh what's what's some other like uh, amazing digital drum synths that we have right now? You know what I mean? Like the what was it? The mono machine's gone now, right? Like they don't they don't make that anymore. Nope, I don't think so. So I mean, like this is on that level, you know, of of those sorts of things. Like the drum synths in uh, machine are awesome, and then you add on to that, you can do like you could do a kick drum made out of monarch whatever like so like if you treat it even as just that like it's really dope and you are getting a lot for your money it's a lot of money for 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 when you look at the competition but you're still getting a lot for your money yeah but i think back to that point that i think people's expectations here are crazy because you're used to machine mk3 but if you're just thinking about machine mk uh, sorry machine plus as its own thing say that this was like another company that did something similarly good it would just be amazing. But now you're just comparing it to what you're getting on your Mac or PC with itself. You know, that's not fair. T to me, this mm -hmm. is a new type of device. In As soon as you plug it out of the computer, it's standalone, it's a new device. And to me, it has a lot of really cool things. Just the drums, just the sampler, and just one of the synths would do it for me. I would be able to produce all the stuff that I do on that. But now this is even better. And people are like asking about, is this compatible? Is this the com compatible? To me, you're kind of asking for too much. Um, 
What about or, um? Do any of you guys have a have a three D printer? No, nah, man. Because no. uh, what what I want to do is I just want to three D print like a little um box to the bottom to make it a little bit thicker that I can just slide a Mac Mini into for my MK three and I'm good to go. <laughs> sure, that would be that would work. I'm good to I'm go. Actually, so. That's that's what St. Joe's been doing lately is uh -huh. he's I, I think he's using Mac Mini with it, but he's just been he's kind of relegated his machine usage to a separate Mac that is it's basically like a sound box for him. Like it, he uses it kind of standalone in that way. And he's been doing that for a while. Um and as we kind of like we're all really fortunate. Let's let's not sugarcoat it. We all have a lot of gear, a lot of Things you, that would no, be the center are incredible. <laughs> we all have we all have different gear that would be the center of most people's studio, right? Like yeah. I see on your shelf, you've got an MPC 2000 XL back there. You know, I've got one on the floor here. So like we all had these different devices that we can swap in and out of different places. Yeah. Having it standalone makes it a lot easier to do that. You know what I mean? That's just right. being able to like, hey, throw this on the desk. Boom, just run two outputs and a power cable and I'm good to go. You know? Yeah. I have a question for you, Accurate. Um, the expansion packs, do they come in, do they come with it, or do you still have to buy those separate? Uh, I think it comes with, I'm afraid to say the wrong number here, but it comes with a few different um, expansions from the get-go, and then you have two different vouchers that you can purchase two different uh, expansions for yourself and install them in, in the package when you get them. Got you. Okay. Um, yeah, the reason why I ask is because I know everyone's like, we're talking about the price point. I mean, I think what's the price that point is a little high, but I mean, if you're thinking about the expansion packs and when you buy those, what are they like 50 bucks a piece? Yeah. If you don't get a voucher, they're like the average price, I think for the expansions are 50 bucks a piece. So I was just wondering how many additional packs would they put in to kind of compensate for that additional? Mm. It looks like it's, is that five on that list? Five yeah, different like five, two, three. Yeah, that's five. Deep Matter, yeah, Lilac Air, Solar Breeze, True School, and Velvet Lounge. Okay. Plus so two of your like, own choice. That's mm -hmm. like, what is that? Two hundred and something to two hundred and something bucks right there just to buy those expansion packs. Mm -hmm. I mean, that that's that's another thing that we can kind of discuss is the marketing side of all of this is is sort of interesting in how. Native Instruments chooses to market versus somebody like um, Akai chooses to market because, you know, like, you know, we're going to keep going back and forth between the two because they're the really only people in this space, you know, in this market space. And I feel like uh, I feel like uh, Native Instruments does an amazing job at marketing their expansion packs and their software and things. And I feel like Akai does a similarly horrible job at it. Um I really don't feel like Akai markets their expansion packs well at all, yet they have I a ton of great packs out there. Like, there's a ton of great content. Overlapping the sound designers. I think the difference is, though, is that you're talking about a company that is software first and then hardware. You know, I think that Native Instruments mm -hmm. is first and foremost a software, a software company. They develop... Sure. Sure. Sound design. That, I, like I remember first. sitting down at, at a dinner with them and they said that they would never do this. <laughs> like they were like, no, our name is <laughs> native instruments. We, we'll never do this. I'm surprised they even came out with this because. Well, it's interesting that they do come out with this. to make hardware anymore. And keep in mind, they, they came out with this after uh, Daniel Harver and Matt went to that board. Right. So they are no longer 
CEO and CTO, they've, they're now on an advisory board for Native Instruments, which is kind of interesting in the timing on that. Though I know that this project had started well before that. Um, it's just interesting that, you know, how that all went. Right. I mean, there's there's a lot of, like, industry things in the background that you can always yeah. keep, like, saying, hey, like, does this influence that? And, you know, kind of. There's a lot of that. Sure. Yeah, mm -hmm. of course. Because people kind of travel around and go around to these different companies and used to work for them, now work for this one. You know what I mean? There's a lot of, it's a small industry. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, it's interesting that you bring up the point about the, the expansions because right now, I guess a lot of people use expansions and stuff like that from the start because a lot of them has a really great amount of good content in them. So mm -hmm. just receiving five of them from the get-go plus two that you can choose from yourself. I think it's a few different, maybe one or, yeah, a few expansions are not compatible in standalone mode, but but that's, I think it's one uh, because reasons. It's got a different synth, I think, in it too. Like, like some of them we're using, um, oh, what was the other synth? There was another synth that I think isn't present. Um, oh, I think one of them used uh, Rex files. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, the older ones did because I I remember I did I did an expansion and it was yeah we we had done rec stuff like the early stuff the one point like like pre I want to say like one point six two that stuff yeah we, it the was it, yeah we were doing rec stuff yeah yeah I don't um, think recs might be a part of the issue but I'm not sure hmm that's interesting um, but it's a lot of content you can't can't say otherwise I mean. We don't know what's going to come in the future either, but right off the bat, when you unbox it, there's a lot of content. I mean, as I said in my stress test thing, just to be able to load up 16 massive instances, yeah. to me, that that's more than I will use for most of my projects. Yeah. I got a question. There's two questions I want to think about. Uh, this person says, can he stick a USB hub on there and control of his external sense? How's the USB to MIDI thing? Because I know, obviously, you could, you could plug a... Uh, uh, audio interface into the USB on the back of the machine plus but machines always been good with handling MIDI. the MIDI USB like you can throw a hub with a bunch of desktop sense on it and it starts to see all that stuff is the you know USB to MIDI thing working well haven't gotten around to try it yet but I am gonna I have this small MIDI yeah what you're talking about yeah. I haven't tried it at all but yeah. I uh, I can't speak on that Sorry. Well, cool. Uh, that's all good. It'll we'll we'll know soon enough. The other thing that I wanted to mention too is what a people a couple people are saying is uh, so with regard to expansion packs that we already own, oh. right? It's that's one of the things, and it, there's more to the question. question. It'd be downloaded to the plus, or do they have to be specific packs? And I think you address that by saying there's just a couple that are not compatible. Um, yeah, I mean, what's cool? I don't. I saw someone asking if you could install expansions and stuff from an, like an external hard drive. I don't know that yet, but what's really cool here, I have good Wi-Fi at home. Mm -hmm. So I'm just loading up, I'm just logging into my native instruments account on the machine itself and it downloads everything from the from the, oh, the servers. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it's all standalone. That's dope. So that's the, and so that for MPC users, that's equivalent to the splice integration and the force yeah. MPC line. And that's just yeah. dope that you don't have to connect to a computer. You can just log in right from the actual groove box and get yeah. your content. That's it's beautiful. I think that's you know, yeah. these are the kind of things that are gonna become standards of operation. You know? Yeah, I mean you need a computer um to like 
you need to hook it up once on Wi-Fi to do the activation thing and to get your basic content in there. And then you don't have to be tethered to, to Wi-Fi at all. You don't need anything. So, I mean, running a complete studio with this one as like the main hub without a computer mm-hmm. and still getting new sounds and updates and expansions and stuff, as long as you have Wi-Fi, that's kind of cool. Yeah, no doubt. Well, don't projects back and forth. Like, like say you're working on something on your desk, you know, on your desktop, and now you get this standalone. If the things that you're that are within your old project are compatible, can you put that project into? <clears throat> That's um, also something I haven't really tested out yet, but it becomes it will become uh, an issue to have stuff like things inside of your machine project on your computer that you can't run in the machine plus because that has to be like frozen and whatever MIDI information you have, it has to be frozen down to audio and then you use that samples or whatever in in machine plus. Um, But if you're just using the stuff that's compatible with machine plus right now, Mm -hmm. using the same project shouldn't be, shouldn't be an issue at all. That's the whole purpose of it. You're supposed to be able to use it standalone mode and then hook it up to the computer if you choose to. Good this is an interesting question, and we've been we're just about over an hour, so we're gonna end it um after this and kind of wrap things up. But this is an interesting question. I guess he's saying, like, hey, whatever whatever it is, the machine plus is what it is. But if you had to, if we had to make a price point for it, what do we think it would be uh outside of its actual $13.99 price point? Um that's tough for me. I do think $13.99 is expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then again, it's, it's, it's kind of hard for me to say because I'm not necessarily a machine guy. Um, I would probably say nine 99. I'm in the same boat. What I, what I think that's what I think it would have hit the market at. So I would say eight 99 to nine 99. Yeah. I'd be in that same boat. And, and part of that is because, um, there is a, there's a thing where you kind of, if you have a directly competing product, and you've got the kind of software suite that Native Instruments has and the name that Native Instruments has, they can kind of command a certain premium to make, like, even with their competitor being there and being strong, you can say, okay, we're going to come in a little bit higher, maybe a few less features as far as, like, actual hardware I.O., right, and and hardware things that are going on, but we're going to price it a little bit premium to them to kind of, like, make the competition be like, oh, okay, like, you know, make the, the, the purchasers who are, either loosely aware or whatever kind of perceive it as more a slightly higher tier than whatever, you know, like I wouldn't want it. I wouldn't price it at MPC one level because it has full size pads. It's got this massive software suite that goes with it. Um, and they're, they're kind of stepping in that platform, but I also wouldn't price it at MPC X because I do look at this thing and I'm like, what's going to happen with the studio plus. Cause I feel yeah. like, I feel like there's room for I this platform to to get more interesting and to do more like paradigm shifting things. Like I feel like there's room for evolution there, you know. And then too, you got the whole thing of when things first come out, when some like for when when a COD first dropped a, a standalone, a hybrid, it was more pricey than they typically, or at least at that moment, it felt more pricey than it should have been. And then as, as the product line fills out, you start to see the tiers in it. So I think right now we haven't seen what the tiers are going to look like and what the 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 uh, 
the tier just below that is going to look like and the tier just above that is going to look like. But I would almost say you guarantee there's going to be tiers <laughs> like that, just judging from machine's history of things. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, yo, I want to thank everybody for jumping on the on the show. And Accurate, it's good to have you on for the first time. And I know we've talked about this for a long time. This seems like oh, wow. it just kind of came together well. So I appreciate you for jumping on at the last minute, bro. And thank uh, you, man. Yeah, no doubt. It's my pleasure. <laughs> no doubt. And and yo, everybody keep 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 an eye out on Accurate's channel because I know a lot of the questions that you asked that we didn't get to uh will probably be answered over time on his channel as he starts to experiment and use the thing and then you know, as, as people start to get these, you'll you'll have all those. That's, that's absolutely right. I'm going to try to address as many questions as possible in the future. Mm -hmm. But there are a lot of questions and a lot of stuff to, <laughs> to like, try to nail down, you know. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. And if you guys aren't aware of his channel, definitely go check it out. Because, like, it's not just this content about, about this product. But, like, dude, he's got a lot of dope stuff up there. So, yep. yeah, check it out. Yep. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. And Varsity. Uh, it's always good to have you on. It's always good when we get a chance to chat it up. And so, yeah, thanks for coming by. Anything you want to drop on people before we get out of here? I know you got a lot going on. Oh, uh, I know. <laughs> well, I up next week. Uh, uh, my faders up, and my special guest is Frey Frey, Daughters of Drexia. So that should be dope. dope. She's gonna do like a live. We have her performance, and then we're gonna do like a breakdown of her case and why she picked what you picked to play mm -hmm. and perform. So it should be interesting. Looking dope, forward dope. To it. I'm looking forward to that too. Free free is dope. And Kim, what about you, man, before we get out? Uh, I don't know, man. I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm just working nonstop. <laughs> I don't even know. You're still the damn door and get out. <laughs> I'm, honestly, like at, at this point, I'm just like, my head's down. I'm focused. I'm, I'm getting stuff done. And, you know, it's a lot of stuff that I can't talk about yet, but when I can, it'll be cool. And, you know, and then people will cry. Um, and say and say, oh, yeah, yeah I don't no know. Oh man, just real quick, I want to say shout out to the dude uh, the other day. Like, I was sitting in a parking lot for like a while, and I had nothing to do, and this dude was trying to troll on the S2400 group and I just went in <laughs> like I went all the way in and I was just like I was not like I just yesterday man I just it was one of those days where you just want to just like let let off because usually I try to stay res restrained on there but man I went all the way in on this dude it was so much fun so thank you for that <laughs> no doubt I don't believe no doubt. you try to stay restrained Ken I tried to. Well, his restraint is another level, right? That would right, be one right. of us blowing up. <laughs> right. So, yo, I want to say, yeah, thanks. We're going to uh, see you next go round. And uh, there's some real exciting stuff coming up soon. And somebody said in here that we should do a teenage engineering show. So I'm going to go ahead and plan that out. And we're going to do Somebody something. send me an OP1, please. <laughs> I'll send you a no. piece of paper with OP1. Or whatever this new magic trick is that they're talking about. <laughs> no, that's nothing. I'm sure that's nothing. Okay. Well, <laughs> no doubt. So yeah, thanks for coming through, and we're gonna call it one. This has uh, been a good time. I appreciate everybody and uh, for stopping by. So on that note, we shall say peace. <laughs>